This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Paul on Saturday Magazine. This is a reprise edition. We've just got a small piece of an interview that was done with a visitor from Singapore who came into the studios, Jonas Chong here at Joy, uh, to finish off today's show. Indeed. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, in Joy's 30th year. Now, our next guest, uh, name is Jonas, and Jonas is here from Singapore. He's in Melbourne for a week. And he's a listener of Saturday Magazine. Uh, one, of, one of our downloader podcasters from, uh, from Singapore. From Singapore. Yes. Well, welcome to the studio, Jonas. Thank you for having me. We haven't yet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming to Melbourne, so you've been here a day and a half, thereabouts. thereabouts uh, yeah. What are your first thoughts? You're staying in Collingwood. Yes, I am. And so you're close to lots of shops and venues, uh-huh. uh, sort of surrounded by Circuit Bar, The Peel, The Laird, Wet on Wellington. Um, visited any of them yet? Not yet. Not but yet? I'm sure I will. You will? <laughs> They're definitely on my itinerary. Cool. So what have you got planned while you're in Melbourne? I mean, I know you, or Victoria, you've got a lot of things planned, and, and why? Um... Well, I'm definitely going to do all the touristy stuff. Yep. And I guess I want to check out the um, LGBT scene here in yep. Melbourne. I want to feel what it's like to be more free. So so I, I've never been to, to Singapore, Jonas. Um, yeah. and, and Mac has been quite a few times. And it, it's, yeah, from what I hear, it it's just more difficult to be your true self there. Give us a little understanding of what it actually means to be uh, a queer person living in Singapore. Well, um, until recently, uh, we retained the colonial law against gay sex between men in private. So that was recently repealed. And what happened um, at the same time was that um, a bill was passed to prevent the definition of marriage from being challenged in a court. So effectively, only the government can decide what marriage means. Uh, And that affects a lot of social policies like public housing, in which about 80% of Singaporeans live in, uh, and uh, healthcare and rights, you know, to to information about your partner and stuff like that. So they, what it means is that heteronormative marriage is what the government will recognise. The government will not recognise uh, marriage in another jurisdiction between people of the same sex. Now, that is a legal grey area. Yeah. It hasn't been tested yet. hasn't been tested yet. Okay, so... And as a spoiler alert, you've got a legal background, so, you know, you, you come here with with some knowledge of the, uh, the the legal system. Yes, that's correct. Um, so, so just, you know, being, and I was talking about being your true self, so if you're out and about on the street, it's, it's highly unlikely that you would overtly display the fact that you are part of the queer community. Are, are there bars and places you can go and hang out with other like-minded people? Yes. Um, the gay neighbourhood is called, uh, it's along a road called Neil Road, but it's rather small. There are only about like two or three bars and now about two clubs. Um, but still rather small compared to, say, Taiwan or uh, Bangkok. Um, and yeah, you wouldn't see gay couples um, 
well, queer couples holding hands or displaying affection. Um, but I have seen the younger generation openly doing so. And Testing I thought that was it. really... Yeah. Because there are laws in Singapore about, uh, I'll use a broad term, public displays of affection or licentious behaviour. <laughs> um, Which applies to everyone, though, yeah? It, it applies to everyone, yeah. but, you know, I, I think in terms of, of, of context that, you know, Singapore uh, is truly a multiracial society. Yes. I'm not going to call it a democracy because it's not. <laughs> it's a controlled democracy. Yet, multiracial society, multireligious, and in fact there's a lot of law and legislation around this, even in terms of in the public public housing or the housing that is owned by the government, you know, there are requirements that, you know, uh, different nationalities and cultures live together. And, you know, so there's, one called an allocation, but there has to be yes. within this these within these tower blocks and, and, and other housing, each each cultural group, each each uh, group has to be represented within those buildings. That's absolutely correct. There and, is a quota. Yeah. So um, there are four main races in Singapore: the Chinese, the Malays, the Indians, and um, a category that we call others. Others. <laughs> <laughs> Namely, uh, we call them, well, they are usually the Eurasians, but not what you would think um, being um, part Caucasian, part white. But um, these are, I guess, descendants of the British. The colonials. Of, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. if I can, you know, I think our listeners be interested. So, the public health, the system in Singapore, how does it work? How do you... Uh, Get on, how do you get access to this housing, mm-hmm. um, and what does it cost? Well, if you want to get a newly constructed public apartment, you got to bid for it, and you got to form a traditional family nucleus. Oh, right. Yeah. And if you're single, you can only bid for it when you're 35. Yeah. And you're only... Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're only allowed to get a one-bedroom apartment. Right. And it's tiny. So is there an allocation in that for 35-year-old single folk? Or is it just, oh, well, we'll, we'll give you the dregs, we'll give you what's left over if there's anything left over? Well, you kind of, well it depends on, on how successful you are when you bid for it. And so it's, it's based on how much you bid? Yeah, and you never you you never get it the first time you bid. No, yeah, and so so there really is like a a, a disincentive, or, or there, there really is no way for a a queer couple mm-hmm. to get a normal traditional family home. Yes. just if they're of the same sex, they they will either. Um, most of us live with our parents. Um, in part, it's because of it's our Asian culture, but uh, it also has to do with. Um, the difficulty getting um, public housing and uh, the cost of living in Singapore. Uh, so a lot, um, most of my queer friends that I know, uh, they do, they have to live in p- private housing yeah. and that costs a hell of a lot more. A, hell of- a unique mix of world news and queer culture, Saturday Magazine, every Saturday, 10 till 12 on Joy 94.9.
Well, thank you for listening to the reprise edition of Saturday Magazine this weekend. It's the 6th of January. Uh, Macca took the day off uh, for a well-earned rest. And I want to say a big thank you to all of the SatMag team again. Fiona, Nevena, uh, James and James for all the hard work they do. And of course, Macca for, for getting us as a wonderful team together to produce the show each week. Um, coming up next, we've got uh, we've got uh, word for word, sorry, with... Um, the guest is Anthony Severino. I'm talking to Lisa Daniel there. So stay tuned for that. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next weekend. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Boon people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and Aboriginal people who are listening. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. If you're experiencing difficulty, please reach out for support. You can reach QLife, an anonymous and free LGBTIQ plus support service by calling 1800 184 527 or call Lifeline 24 hours a day on 131114 for crisis support and suicide prevention. For emergency support, please call triple zero. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.